Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Historically Speaking Podcast, Uncommon History with an Unconventional Pair. I'm Rebecca Robbins. And I'm Kim Kimmel. I'm a singer and actress. And I'm a retired history teacher. He was my history teacher in college. And now we've been married for 22 years. Sometimes quirky, sometimes obscure. But this is the kind of history you actually want to remember. Hello, and welcome to episode 46 of Historically Speaking Podcast. <laughs> Today, we have an interesting topic that I think started, I think we were talking about it at the dinner table, and we thought, hey, this might be a good podcast episode. Yes, cheating the hangman. Cheating the hangman. Uh, either literally or, or at least figuratively. Yeah, and some yeah. people have cheating literally death. gotten away with murder. Well, cheating death one way or another, whether yeah. they were guilty or not, right? So I think we're going to go in chronological order. It must be because I'm a dull, boring, unimaginative, linear thinker. It could be. Yes, right. That would be a good explanation anyway. I think it's as good an explanation as any. I think you're right. So we'll start with uh, Cleopatra. Now, some of these we've already done. Okay. Some of these we have, Some yes. we haven't. But Cleopatra cheated the hangman because when Octavian uh, won the Third Civil War, in 31, 30 BC, Battle of Actium, all of that. Cleopatra went back to Egypt. Uh, it was Octavian's. Who Wait, be, she went back to Egypt from where? From the Battle of Actium, which took place uh, off the coast of Greece. Oh, that's right. She was there. She actually hurt. She she actually deserted Mark Anthony's fleet and took her fleet back to Egypt. Whoops. Uh, whoops. And then Mark Anthony came back. He committed suicide. Octavian, who would become, of course, the first emperor as Augustus. He basically wanted to capture her and take her back to Rome and, and display her and whatever. But, and but not make her his concubine or something. No, she might have thought of, uh, if you don't mind my using a, a hockey analogy, uh, she ensnared Julius Caesar, then Mark Anthony. This would be a hat trick, but Octavian wasn't interested. Not I at think all. you used that same analogy in the original episode of Cleopatra. Did I? <laughs> yeah. I forget. Anyway... Cleopatra cheated Octavian. Uh, she had herself laid out in full regalia. The, uh, now how did she do it again? Well, the the legend, which is probably true, is she put her hand in a basket with a poison snake, an asp, and uh, that killed her. And then she gave instructions to be laid out as a full pharaoh-s, the last of the Ptolemies. And the Ptolemies was the last of the 33 dynasties of ancient Egypt stretching back over 3,000 years. So she, she was is the last truly one. the last pharaoh or pharaohess. And, so it was suicide. Uh, so, yes. So when Octavian came across her, she was already dead. Do you think he was disappointed? I think he was, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he probably was disappointed. Because that would have been a great prize for oh, him yeah. to take back. Take her back to Rome, uh, maybe execute her there. Now, how would they have executed her if, if let's just say, he had taken her back to Rome? Mm-hmm put her on display, whatever, how would he have executed her? I'm not certain. And I think it was different for women. Uh, may, maybe he would not have executed her. He might have put her into a, some kind of polite, permanent confinement in Italy. That's a possibility. Mm, that doesn't sound too bad. Occasionally, the Romans did that with a captured chieftain. Oftentimes, they did execute them, though. But uh, I'm not so sure what he would have done with her. But she wasn't going to be on display, so she cheated the hangman. Good for her. The hangman in that case was Octavian. Yeah, indeed. Right. Well, moving right. on. Moving right along. Another woman, uh, Elizabeth. This is the great Elizabeth I of England. When she was still a princess and her sister Mary 
was queen and tried to restore Roman Catholicism to England, Elizabeth was suspected of Protestant sympathies. Uh, there was a rebellion called Wyatt's Rebellion. We covered this before, but she was put in the Tower of London. And uh, as I mentioned uh, on a previous podcast, I think it was the Spies podcast. Could have been. And once royalty was put in the Tower of London, they seldom came out. And she said that, right? She, when she went into the Tower of London, she was there for a while. She was there for many, many months, I think around a year. She didn't think she was going to come out, but she did. There was no evidence against her. Her sister, half-sister Mary, released her. She feigned uh, certain Catholic sympathies, so uh, she was spared. And so I'm just curious, if royalty is put in the Tower of London, mm -hmm. I'm sure they're not put in the worst parts of the Tower of London. Yeah, but they're put in, they're put in there with the idea they're ordinarily not going to come back out, like Henry VI. So they just would have aged and died of natural causes? Or uh, they, might have, uh, they might have stabbed them to death. I think Henry VI was smothered to death. Oh. Yeah. He didn't escape the hangman. No, he didn't. Uh, in the 15th century, in 1471, he did not. So that must have been a, quite a big deal that Elizabeth left the Tower yes, of London. Yes, she did not. When she went into the Tower of London, she didn't think she was going to come out. But she did. And she went on to reign uh, for 45 years and was a great, a great monarch. And it came within a hair of not yes. happening. Yes, she cheated, uh, she cheated the hangman. Yeah, because what if she would have caught some horrible disease in there? No, that's possible, too. Right reoccurrences of the Black Death were still occurring in the 16th century. That's right. Yeah. Remember we did the Black we're Death? We're just doing all these past episodes are coming together in this one. I know, we're up different one. things here from past episodes. But uh, Elizabeth, uh, she was released. She was released. Yeah. Changed all of... Oh, it changed all of history. All of history, I guess world history almost. Oh, yes. I think Elizabeth is... I think it's possible to argue she's the greatest English monarch of them all. She's certainly one of the greatest. Yeah, I would right. say so. And if she had been killed as a 23, 24-year-old, something like that, that would have changed a lot of things. A lot of things forever. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so two women. Who's our first man? First man is someone very well known in American history in an infamous way. This is Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold. Yes. Benedict Arnold. What a jerk. Um, well, at first he wasn't a jerk. Uh, at first he was born in Connecticut. And uh, he fought very bravely in the American Revolutionary War at the Ticonderoga, at Saratoga. He was wounded seriously. He was looked upon as one of uh, America's uh, finest officers. So he was under Washington, did he? He was under Washington. Washington trusted him. But Benedict Arnold, for various reasons, uh, felt he wasn't appreciated enough. He always wanted more money. We all want more money. Welcome to life, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, and when he was uh, put in charge of Philadelphia after the British left, he made many contacts with loyalists, including Peggy Shippen, who he would eventually marry. She had contacts with John Andre, the British officer. So wait, Peggy Shippen was an American or was she British? Oh, she was an American, yeah. Okay. She was an American. But a loyalist. Mm -hmm. But, but a, loyalist, a loyalist, yes. And the British were in charge of Philadelphia from 77 to 78. Then when they left... Washington, in one of his few mistakes in the war, he made Arnold, uh, you know, in charge of Philadelphia. And this is when Arnold really begins to turn. But Washington still doesn't know this. It's not until 1780 when Benedict Arnold asked for the post at West Point and Washington gave it to him that Arnold had decided that he would turn over West Point to the British for a very large amount of money. Wow. And a commission in the British Army and so on. And, uh, and Washington had no idea at this point. He had no idea. This... 
This came as a total shock to Washington. He must have been pretty slick. I guess you could say that Arnold, in certain ways, was slick. He had been uh, brought up on charges several times and had uh, gotten off. Uh, charges for what? For insubordination, uh, for a graft. And then uh, why, if, if that were the case, why right. would Washington give him? He was a very brave soldier, and he had done very good work for the Americans in many battles. And Washington trusted him. And when he asked for the post at West Point in uh, the summer of 1780, the war was still going to go on for another three years, Washington gave him the post at uh, West Point. And this is when uh, Arnold decided to turn West Point over to the British via the officer John Andre. Uh, John Andre, a British officer, I think was a very noble man. He was caught in civilian clothing, so he had to be tried as a spy, not as an officer. Found guilty. He was hung. He asked to be shot. But John Andre was hung. Washington was prevailed upon not to do that, but Washington felt that he couldn't go back on that, on the rules of war. And uh, John well, Andre comes down as a kind of well, we're tragic talking about hero. Benedict Arnold, though. What's that? We're talking about Benedict I Arnold. I know, but it was Andre who was the go-between with uh, Benedict Arnold to hand over the uh, fort to the British at uh, West Point. So at this point, did Benedict Arnold know that John Andre had been caught? He eventually found out, yes, and he escaped to the British. So West Point was never handed over to the British. How did he escape? Uh, he just did. You know, by ship, by, I forget the British ship he went on. And uh, he was given a commission in the British Army as a brigadier general. He actually led a group of men known as the American Legion, loyalists who fought against the Patriots. So he uh, completely switched sides. Completely, 100% switched sides. And uh, and it was for money. For money. He was given some money. I don't think he was given, I think he was originally promised something like 20,000 pounds. I think he ended up with 6,000 pounds because the fort wasn't handed over. <laughs> well, right. Uh, and uh, Thank God. He still fought bravely as what an officer. What if that would have happened? What's that? What if the British would have gotten a hold of West Point? Oh, that would have been a very... Could we still have won the war? We would have, I think, still won the war, but it would have been prolonged and it would have been a strategic mistake of the uh, of the highest order. Yeah, because that guarded the whole Hudson. And, so he didn't yeah. even come close to being caught. No, he didn't really come that close to being caught. I mean, he, he must have been alerted that... He was, once Andre was captured. Right. Right. And he uh, eventually, after the war, he made his way to England. Yeah, I would think he wouldn't be welcome in the United States. No, he never came back to the United States. He would have been he would have been hung. He cheated the hangman. Wow. To get to the uh, whole emphasis on this episode, they wouldn't have shot him. They would have they would have hung him. They would have definitely hung him. And uh, he made it to England. Uh, George III was actually positive about him. The uh, the Tories were, the Whigs weren't. He actually went to Canada for a few years, but then went back to England and he died there in 1801. He was pretty much a broken man. He had had a lot of injuries in war, and in many ways, he led a tragic life. Did he leave any writings to the effect that he was he let, sorry he let, for what he did or that he oh, no, regretted he, he doing never, it? He never apologized for what he did. Not that I know of, no. Wow, so he went to his grave I, thinking he right. did the right thing. I believe so. I think there's, it's interesting you, you mentioned that. I think there was something I had read at one time where he did regret what he had done. And I'm not certain of that. Maybe we can put that in the notes. Oh, okay. We'll look that up and yeah. just see. You jogged my memory there. I would just be curious. Right. And then Peggy Shippen, who he married, she died three years after him in 1804. He's buried, or Benedict Arnold was buried in London. In London? Yeah. Okay. Right. Obviously not at Westminster. 
No, no, no. No, he's not buried at Westminster. Uh, some small church, the outskirts of Greater London. Okay. Yeah. And so he cheated the hangman. He got he away with sure it. He sure did. And right? he went, he, he's gone down in history. It's a synonym for traitor. Yeah, Benedict Like the Norwegian, Quisling. Oh, yeah, Quisling. Yeah, in World War Two. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I guess that's it for him. He got off. That's it for him. Uh, now we come to a very obscure person, John Lee. This is not a major figure like Cleopatra or Elizabeth or Benedict Arnold or others we're going to mention. John Lee was just your average Englishman. He was accused of a brutal murder of his half-sister, Emma, who was also his employer. Uh, she was found with her throat cut and uh, partly burned, and it was, oh, it was kind of brutal murder. There was nothing to directly tie him to the murder. There was only circumstantial evidence, but he was found guilty. He always insisted that he was innocent, but he was found guilty and he was sentenced to be hung in 1885. Okay. The murder took place in November of 1884, and he was sentenced to be hung. So pretty uh, quickly. At ex pretty yeah, things were <laughs> expedited back then. Now you have endless appeals. That's a, that's true. You right, said on for twenty years. America. <laughs> that's another matter. And he was to be hung in 1885 in Exeter in Western England. And uh, the trap door didn't open, so oh. they examined it. It looked to be work in working order. So a uh, second time was uh, attempted. Trap door didn't open. Oh, my gosh. I can't imagine standing there with a noose around my neck waiting. And then, and then they, they, they examined it. The trap door seemed to be fine. He got on a third time. Trap door didn't open. Three times? Three times they attempted to hang him, and the trap door wouldn't open. So the home secretary commuted his death sentence to a long period in prison, like 22 years or something like that. So not even life in prison. No, I mean, uh, he got out after 22 years. I'm not certain if the sentence wasn't uh, life to begin with, and then they commuted it. But after about 22 years, uh, he was left out. And uh, he seemed to have been a bit of shady character. There's evidence that he abandoned his wife in England and made his way to America, married someone else. There's some evidence that he lived as late as 1945. Wow. Uh, and is buried in Milwaukee. Wow, we should find. We should take a trip. Uh, there's books written about him. It's a. Uh, it's it's obscure. But I mean, three times. I mean, at that point, you have to almost wonder if it's divine intervention. He thought it was. He claimed that he was uh, innocent all along, and that God would save him. Wow, in that case. Yeah, and he literally cheated. He, was right. he literally cheated the hangman. Yeah, he was standing there with the noose around his neck three times. Thrice over. The same day. Can you imagine how frustrated those people who? Were? I don't think it. I don't think it was the same day. I think that they, there was an interval between when they checked it and so on. It didn't. Oh. It wasn't three times. So it wasn't just like day. you stand over there while we check this yeah, out. Yeah, right. No, it was three different occasions. Oh. I don't know how many days separated the occasions. Can but, you imagine the adrenaline and just the emotional journey that would be? Well, the Home Secretary. One of the reasons why he commuted the sentence was he felt that uh, nobody deserved to uh, go through that as he did. It would have been a fourth time. Yeah. So, but eventually he got out after some 20, 22 years. And, uh, and who knows? Yeah, yeah. John Lee. Literally. Right. Quite literally. Well, the uh, next individual who cheated the hangman comes almost at the same time and someone we did an entire episode on, and this is Jack the Ripper. 
Yeah, whoever There's, he was, he sure cheated the hangman. No, we don't know who Jack Ripper was. We went through all kinds of possibilities right. in There's our episode. There's still so many theories. And There's no definitive assessment of who the Ripper was. There's lots of theories, but there's no question whoever Jack the Ripper was. And he is generally credited, if you remember, with five murders, five brutal murders, especially the fifth one, which was the most brutal. And he was never caught. He cheated the hangman. They never caught Jack the Ripper. They never even came close, it seems like. Nope. Mm -mm. No. Whoever uh, did those murders, they were all done the same year, as we mentioned in our podcast, 1888. Right. Yeah, between August and November. And uh, he was credited with five of the murders and uh, in Whitechapel area, in that area. And they never they never found him. He, he got away, literally, with murder. With brutal, horrible. Brutal, horrible murder. I'm convinced he was a misogynist. He uh, must have been. Oh, There's yeah. no way you could cut up a woman like that. Right, right. I'm, I'm virtually sorry. I mean, there is that theory that it could have been a midwife. I mentioned that in the Jack the Ripper episode, but I think that's unlikely. This was a, a man who hated women, and he, he got away. He, he sure did. As I mentioned in the podcast. I um, hope somewhere down the line he got his comeuppance. I kind of hope so, too, but we have no idea who he was we have no when way he of died. Knowing. Lots of theories. Sure, even still. He he got away with it. Amazing. Yeah, the only th one of the few certainties we have is we know he's dead. <laughs> yes, that's probably true. <laughs> yes, he, he has to be dead. But how he died, who he was, we don't know. Or where he died. He could have been yeah. in the United States, for all we know. Well, that's one of the theories, you know. One of the theories was it was an American, and who knows? I mean, there are many theories. Another theory was a Polish guy. Um, might have been a British person. We, we don't know. Uh, Ripperologists, they'll argue this back and forth and so on. But he cheated the hangman. Amazing. Okay, who's next? Well, let's see. Uh, we've done Cleopatra, Elizabeth, Benedict Arnold, John Lee, and Jack the Ripper. Now we come to a pretty nefarious individual, Herman Goering. Oh, now let's do a little history on Hermann Goering. Hermann Goering was born in 1893, uh, four years after Adolf Hitler. Hitler was born in 89. Okay, so they were contemporaries. They were contemporaries, right. And Goering became an officer. He became, in World War One. he was a flying ace. He was very capable uh, wow. as a flyer. Uh, he won the Pour la Merite, which is the highest award the German military can provide. And uh, that was during World War One. That's during World War One. Then after World War One, when the Nazi Party was formed in 1920, 1921, uh, shortly after that, he joined. Uh, he was at the Beer Hall Putsch attempt in 1923. And so he was one of the early Nazis. So and did he know Adolf then from the beginning? Pretty much. Yeah. From the time the party was formed in 1920. Okay. And he rose very high. Uh, of course, Hitler would come to power in 1933. Now, was there ever a time where he would have taken power instead of Adolf well, Hitler? Well, that's a good question. Uh, he actually uh, became the head of the Reichstag, the German legislature, in 1932, a year before, or many months before, Hitler became chancellor in January of 33, because the Nazis had become the largest party in Germany in the 1932 elections. So he was very high in the Nazi party. I mean, we're talking top three or four or five with Himmler, with Goebbels. Um, of course, Hitler's at the top. His first wife was actually Swedish. She had died. He married again. And uh, he loved uniforms. He loved food. He is <laughs> oh. was uh, very heavy. He uh, 
had a kind of jolly aspect to him that uh, other Nazis like Himmler did not. But underneath, he was he was ruthless, and he was very high up in the in the Nazi hierarchy. In fact, once Hitler came to power, he was made uh, Hitler's successor in the event of Hitler's death. Oh, he was. Yes, and he would remain that until the very last week or two of the war. When Hitler was in Berlin in the bunker and everything was closing in on Hitler, right? Goering was uh, way outside of Berlin in, in the mountains, and he communicated to Hitler that maybe Hitler wanted him to take over because Hitler could no longer operate, and Hitler looked upon that as a betrayal, so he stripped him of all his titles, of uh, the right to succession. So wow. in the last couple weeks of Hitler's life, last week of his life or something, uh, Goering was looked upon by Hitler as a traitor, probably through the influence of Martin Bormann and so on. So they really fell out. But uh, he was, uh, Reichsmarschal, he was the head of the Luftwaffe. His first real failure was the Battle of Britain, 1940, because he assured uh, Hitler that they would win the, the air battle over Britain. This is Gehring. This Gehring assured Hitler, yeah, they would win the air battle over Britain. And of course, the Battle of Britain went, went the British way. Thank God. Right. That was Hitler's first defeat in uh, the summer of and that was close. Yeah. And Gehring also promised the Germans that Berlin would never be bombed. Well, the British <laughs> bombed Berlin. So he. I'm surprised Hitler didn't get rid of him sooner. Uh, that sometimes surprises me because as the war wound on, he became, I think, more inept. He was captured at the end of the war. And he was put on trial. He was probably... Who captured him? The Americans? The Americans. And the... Uh, was he at Nuremberg? Yes. He was tried at Nuremberg, and uh, along with many others. And he uh, actually provided an interesting defense at times. Uh, he claimed that he didn't know anything about the the, uh, the death, the death camps. camps, the uh, the Holocaust. Most don't believe that. He had to know something to be that high Well, up. he's also accused of absconding with a lot of Jewish property. Oh, he uh, may have taken some of the art. And... Over the years. Well, he was a great collector of art, so he took a lot of art from a lot of countries. Wow. Uh, I wonder where it all ended up. Uh, well, a lot of it ended up in caves and such that the Americans and the British found that were stored. But uh, that's, a, that's a story in and of itself. What happened to the great art of Europe? Absconded yeah, I, I wanted to do an episode on that because it's by, fascinating to me. By the Nazis, to me. yeah. Because they took great art from one country after another. And uh, he helped himself do it. <laughs> well, I guess he thought it was free. And like so many others... Uh, like Ribbentrop and so many others who were tried at Nuremberg, he was convicted and he was sentenced to be hanged with the others on October 16, 1946. But the night before he was scheduled to be uh, hung, somehow a potassium cyanide capsule became available to him and he cheated the hangman by uh, killing himself the night before. So he wouldn't wow. be hung. He had asked to be shot, but they wouldn't. Did anybody from Nuremberg get shot or were they all hung? No, they were either... All the ones that were found completely guilty were hung, all on the same day, October 16th, 1946. Oh, that must have been a horrible sight. Many would give them long-term sentences, like uh, Rudolf Hess. Where would they have served, those sentences? Well, Hess served a Spandau prison. Um, I don't know exactly where Speer Where's that? served. In Germany. In Germany, okay. And uh, he, Hess wouldn't die until something like 1987. Holy smokes. And uh, Speer was given, I think, a 20-year sentence or something like that. Uh, he was not hung because he ignored Hitler's order to uh, destroy Germany as the Allies advanced, and he kept a lot of infrastructure and a lot of things intact. 
And of course, Albert Speer wrote that great work called Inside the Third Reich, which I highly recommend to our listeners if you've never read. It's one of the finest works on Nazi Germany from an inside Nazi point of view. He must have written that when he was in jail. Yes. So, but most of them. So, were what found are the good. theories on how he got this? Tablet? Oh, yes, there's different theories. That yeah. One of the theories, uh, how he got this poison capsule, was that uh, an American serviceman unwittingly, Gary asked for some personal items that he just wanted to go through, you know, the night before his death, some nostalgic items. And, and so he brought them to him, and in that bag or whatever it's it like was. like sewn into his pants. Yeah, there was or a potassium cyanide capsule. <gasps> That's one of the theories. Well, that would make sense. Right. Well, not exactly. Because I can't imagine otherwise somebody handing it to him. No, no. I think whoever, however he got it, it was, he had arranged it and, and whoever was responsible for handing him the, the capsule, they didn't know it. I see. And I'm sure there was an investigation, so, right? Yeah, I don't think they, that's why, but they're not quite certain exactly how he got it. But I uh, guess they didn't have security cameras in the right. prisons then. Well, we have photos of him lying on his on the bed, dead, uh, in his jail cell. Uh, the, oh, uh, wow! Uh, yeah. So he cheated. He literally cheated the hangman. By hours. Right. By by hours. By literally hours. Yes. So, do we know how many people were actually hung that day? Oh, I'm trying. I'm thinking it's something like a good dozen or something like that. Okay. Yeah, it was a number of people. Some got long sentences, but many were hung. And, uh, of course, uh, there were Nazis that escaped to South America and elsewhere. Oh, uh, those stories, like, I mean, they make movies about that. Well, like Eichmann. But the Israelis found him in, I think it was 1960, and brought him back to Israel, and he was tried and executed. He was tried in Israel? He was tried in Israel. It's the only uh, execution ever in the history of Israel. Oh, do they not have the death sentence? They made an exception for him. Uh, As well I, they should. I Yes, right. But uh, Now, yes, why uh, wouldn't they take him back to Nuremberg or something? They wanted to try him in in Israel, and there was nobody to fight that, or uh, well, there were no the, uh, the Israelis laws? who captured Eichmann in Argentina, I believe the year was 1960. Uh, they were very much criticized. It was Mossad agents by Argentinian government and others, but they didn't care. They wanted to bring this brutal uh, man back to Israel and try him for the death of. Many so Argentina Jews. probably tried to protect him. Uh, that's a good question. A lot of those uh, South American countries, they might have just conveniently looked the other way. We don't know how much they knew. Uh, of course, these, these men who escaped took different names. Uh, but they the, probably came with money. They and... probably came to money, with money uh, to Chile, to Paraguay, to Argentina, and so on. Yeah. And uh, what helped them escape was what was known as the rat lines, but some did get away. But Herman Gehring didn't get away, but he did cheat the hangman. He surely did. Yeah. Oh, people must have been so disappointed. Yes, I think that uh, he deserved to be hung, and uh, he escaped that. Right. I think we have one more. We have one more, and he's a very important one more, uh, Adolf Hitler. Oh, speaking of Germany. Yes. Adolf Hitler, of course, if he had been captured, uh, he would have been tried. And he would have been hung. Oh, yes, Absolutely. He would have been hung. They wouldn't have dignified uh, his death by shooting him. He knew that. He didn't want to be put on display. And so on April 29th, the day before he committed suicide, he married Ava Braun. And then the next day, Ava Braun and he committed suicide. She took a poison capsule. He shot himself in the mouth. In the on, mouth. On April 30th. So he cheated the hangman. Um, he was he gave orders for he and his Ava Braun to be burned. Apparently, the Soviets retrieved part of his jaw, part of his jaw, part of his uh, facial. 
Oh, uh, we know that for sure? Right, right. And then I think it was destroyed in the early 70s by the Soviets. I wonder why. I'm not sure why. There was always, there, there was always, I remember when I was a boy growing up in the 60s, there was the theory that Hitler actually had escaped and he was really? living in South America. And so, oh yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a real theory. That was a hypothesis, uh, a conspiracy theory. And, uh, of course, I didn't know at the time, but he, it's possible, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, he could have still been living because he was born in 1889. I guess so. Right. Uh, but no, uh, we know with virtually 100% certainty that uh, he killed himself on April 30th, 1945. There's no pictures or anything, right, of his dead body? Uh, no. Uh, there's pictures of Goebbels and, and his wife. Uh, Goebbels was his propaganda minister who was killed. They killed their children, and then he killed her, and then he was killed, and they were burnt. But they weren't burnt enough, so their corpses you could detect by looking at Goebbels. It was him. But uh, Hitler was completely, or almost completely, cremated. But wow. he cheated the hangman. Yes, he did. And there's other people who we could include. Some people think O.J. Simpson may have cheated the hangman. Yes. I don't think there's too many individuals that have their head on straight that think that O.J. was innocent, to put it uh, politely. If the glove way. don't fit. Yeah. No. Uh, he was, in my opinion, guilty Yeah, of a double murder. Although I don't think they have the death penalty in California, do they? I don't know if they still have the death penalty. A lot of states like Pennsylvania have the death penalty, but they haven't used it for half a century. I think the last time Pennsylvania used the death penalty was like 1963. So theoretically it exists. Wow, but it's... Something like 38 states have the death penalty. Only about 12 do not. It's interesting. Oh. West Virginia does not have the death penalty. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's one of the 12 states, one of the dozen states or so that doesn't have it. I but mean, a lot some, of the states, there's some states who do have it, who do use it regularly. Yes, and especially Texas. Are they like the number one? I think Texas executes, if I'm not mistaken, I think Texas executes more people every year than all the other states combined. Wow. Or it's something approaching that. Don't you, mess with Texas. Don't mess with Texas. Uh, and it's the worst place <laughs> to commit capital offenses. Yeah, like that right? kid, that fucking kid. Oh, just, oh, sorry. Uh, who just <laughs> shot up that school? I yes, mean, too bad they didn't catch him and put him uh, to death. That is both a crime of the first dimension and a tragedy of the first dimension. Uh, why anybody would want to kill children is it's just horrible. It's beyond me. It's it's a it's a mindset that's so foreign to mine and to yours that it uh, challenges you to try to figure out why anyone would want to do that. Well, there's really no rational explanation no. other than mental illness. Well, there's also the matter of pure evil. I think evil does exist. I think the Holocaust is an example of pure evil. But then then you get into that whole, are they born that way or are they nurtured to be that way? Yeah, you can get into that uh, argument, but I don't think it exculpates them in any case. I agree. I mean, there comes a point where you can be both mentally ill but still guilty. I agree, but in those situations, it doesn't seem like those people... No, I think they thought, the, the Nazis thought they were doing the world a favor by killing Jews. This is as disgusting as you can get, but uh, that was their, you know, that's what Himmler thought, Heydrich and others. It just amazes me how they could come to that kind of conclusion. Yes, uh, and for the Nazis to get a hold, and the Germans are a great civilization, and for the Nazis to get a hold of, of a civilization like, like Germany, uh, German civilization, is just astounding. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder. I mean, can it happen again? Oh, I think it can happen again. I think man has to be ever vigilant. I think that we have to always be on our guard. I think that that's a distinct possibility. Seems like the Jews are always in the crossfire. They're the scapegoat through the centuries for all kinds of uh, bad reasons. Yeah. And they still are to oh, today. Yeah. Oh, anti-Semitism is still, right? Very and, much alive and, and well. And we're not saying this from the inside. Neither you nor I are Jewish. No, nope. not that I know of. Yeah, I I, I can trace my ancestry back to the 18th century, and I, I have no reason to think that I have any Jewish blood in me. Polish and German the whole way back. Hmm. How do you like that? I'm a Viking. Yeah, well, you're mostly, you have some Viking, you're mostly Celtic. Yeah. Yeah, Scottish and all of that. British Isles and the whole works. So, anyway, we done? I guess so, unless there's any last thoughts that you want to convey. Uh, no, not really. Uh, okay. I hope our listeners enjoyed this, but uh, yeah, there are some people. I mean, there's probably even more people we could have done. Oh, or... yeah. We, we narrowed it down to like seven or something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, full disclosure, we are skipping the next episode because I will be doing The Sound of Music in Maine, and I will not be available to record our next podcast. Right. So we'll have to go, what, a month? Something like that. Yeah. We'll put a schedule. We'll we'll, yeah, we'll put yeah. a notification on the website. Right. So, and I forget what we decided our next episode was anyway. I do too, but we have enough time to figure it out. I know. And we have a lot of great ideas, so. Yeah, well. Just a matter of narrowing it down. Hopefully they're great ideas. We, we think they we, are. If anybody out there listening has a great idea are. for an episode. Well, don't forget, I'm a dull, boring, unimaginative linear, linear thinker. thinker. I know. <laughs> uh, but if anybody has, you know, any ideas that they want to hear us elaborate on, right. feel free to write to us mm -hmm. through our website. Yeah, we'll take a look. Yeah. Because yeah, mm -hmm. some people mm -hmm. have some great ideas. Yeah. Or things they want to know more about. Okay. Okay, then. Well, that does it for episode 46. Yep. And until next time, everyone, stay well, stay safe. Yes, and goodbye. Well, friends, here we are at the end of the podcast. Be sure to check out the links in the show description to find some of the resources we used for this episode. Also, if you've enjoyed listening, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a virtual high five by leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate that. And if you'd like to connect with us directly, you can find us at historicallyspeakingpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at historicallyspeakingpodcast. That's it for today. And again, thanks for sharing part of your day with us. And remember, if you want to know what the future holds, study the past. <laughs>